Awesome. So, hello all. Welcome to Black Girl in the World. If you don't know me, you will. And if you do, welcome back. I am so happy to have you all here. This is the 10th episode special. Yay! <laughs> this so far has been such an exciting platform to be on. Lately, I have had lots of guests on this podcast here. And I just want to take the time out to say how blessed I am to have so many supporters and speakers in my life to come on here and share their topics. It is truly awesome to have this many topics with people. So today is a good day for this podcast. It is true, ooh, sorry, a true entrepreneur has joined me today. I've looked up to this woman for as long as I can remember, knowing what it was like to work in DC to now owning her own business, Comprehensive Grants Management, and providing services to nonprofit organizations. Every year I ask her, Antisita, what is it that you do? But this time I have it on tape so I can remember. <laughs> Please welcome my auntie twin, Mrs. Sarita Givens Means. How are you today, auntie? Thank you, thank you very much for um, uh, inviting me to join your uh, podcast. Um, it is such a great uh, privilege and opportunity uh, to have to be invited for your 10 episodes. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so very much. Of course. <laughs> I am super excited that you are my special, as it should be, <laughs> because you honestly are one of my inspirations, and I look up to you so often, and I, I just hope that you are, you're okay today. Yes, yes. Um, so your question was, what do I do? Um, well, first it was, how are you today? Uh -huh. <laughs> and then the next one, the next one would be, what do you do? Okay. Well, I'm pretty good today. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually dress up because uh, I don't get to dress up very often. So thank you for that. So you definitely made today special. Oh. What I do, um, I own and manage a grant writing uh, firm, grant writing company, and we apply to the federal government mm -hmm. to seek funding for mostly public housing authorities, but we do also work with cities and um, uh, other nonprofits and tribes as well. Okay. Uh, that, wow, tribes. I never knew that. That's, yes. Wow. Suddenly won a grant for a tribe in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And um, this grant was supposed to allow them to do a sexual risk avoidance program for okay. their youths between the ages of 10 to 19 years old. So basically just doing a great program to teach the kids um, abstinence, um, healthy sexual behaviors, staying away from drugs, educating them about the risk um, of STDs and also the, um, the at-risk factors that leads to premarital sex, which can lead to STDs. So that was a great grant to win for um, the tribe in Alaska. So yeah, we work for tribes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's definitely something I didn't know that you, you um, expanded that far into organizations 
and to be able to win in not only something that, you know, you might be familiar in, but things that you have to educate yourself on to, you know, help win that grant for the organization. So that's, that's cool. Um, what made you gravitate towards grant writing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think grant writing kind of gravitated towards me. I don't know that I gravitated towards it, uh, really, but in a sense, maybe I did because I was always a reader. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always a reader and for grant writing, you definitely have to be a reader. Right. So I, I've always loved reading, but how it actually technically happened was um, I graduated from the University of Maryland with my bachelor's um, in government administration, mm-hmm. and I could not get a job, could not get a job, and I got hired uh, by McDonald's, and I was working for McDonald's for six fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, which my sister, Shioni, actually got me that job. <laughs> so um, while I was there, I was working there for three, almost four months, and I was applying everywhere. So this um, age, this uh, government contracting agency hired me to be a box cutter. So in those days, you, when someone applied for a grant to the federal government, they had to mail in their grant application. Now mm-hmm. they just hit a button. The way I do it now, I hit a button and it gets uh, uh, delivered, transmitted. Mm-hmm. But um, back then, you would have to mail it in. So they would get large, massive amounts of boxes mm-hmm. and they would need people to cut the boxes. So there I was with my four year bachelor's degree and I was just a box cutter. I had a box cutter and I opened the boxes, took the boxes out and organized the applications in a way, in a way that um, the reviewers could, could follow to review the applications. So I was there for a little while and my supervisor left. And then my manager was like, would you like to be the supervisor of the box cutters? So then I did that. And then after a while, a grant reviewer left. And um, so my supervisor asked me again, would you like to be a grant reviewer? Because I had the educational background and I was always a go-getter anyway. So uh, she saw that in me. Yay for Denise. Um, <laughs> Uh, she's de- she's definitely still very much a mentor for me today. She was a great, great manager. <clears throat> um, and so I was a reviewer, but when I was a reviewer, I would notice that in the grant applications, they would make a lot of little mistakes. Just, And I would be like, oh, why don't they do this? Or why don't they do that? Um, but I think because I had that insight of reviewing applications, I kind of knew. Um, so I, I worked there for three years and then that company did not get their contract renewed but had to continue. So we had to get jobs. I located a job somewhere else, but I thought to myself, I could be a grant writer to help these people to write their applications. Mm-hmm. So I typed up um, some letters on my little vi- uh, virus infected com- uh, computer <laughs> from college this computer was on its last leg and before i actually uh, typed up my letters i went to the library and i got a book about how to start a business 
and the, the book said, create a name, create an address, create an email, create a logo, create a business plan, identify your target audience, identify your price list, identify your products. And I sat there and typed up all these things like, I'm gonna have my business. Um, so I typed up some letters and mailed it out to some prospects. And uh, six people hired me that first year and five, um, so I submitted six grant applications. Five applications won my first year. So my first year was extremely successful and each of them got $250,000. So um, (laughs) since then I've been like, oh wow, uh, I've got something here. So Mm -hmm. the next year it just continued, continued, continued until here I am today. And um, today we have won over $100 million for clients. That is awesome. Aw, are you proud of yourself? <laughs> I, I am. Um, I'm super, super ambitious. So I am proud of, proud of myself, but I always want more. Like there's this insatiable desire. Like God puts something inside of me that I'm always wanting more. Because I remember when your father always reminds me about this. So he said to me um, that I told him one year, like, all I want is just 20 clients. If I just have, if I just get 20, because my first year I got five clients. Mm -hmm. um, Because one person hired me to do two. So um, my first year I had five clients. So I just thought to myself, if I just have 20 clients, I would be set. <laughs> Last year we had, you know, we submitted hundreds of applications. <laughs> it was like, uh, more. I need more. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it, that is truly a, a interesting story when it comes on to how, you know, you reworded it, reworded the question of it kind of found me. I didn't found, I didn't find it. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely interesting to see how you leveled up in such a way where it's like, when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about this. You probably didn't even know what great writing was. And I know that a lot of my listeners will, um, how we see great writing is not how you see great writing. Yes. Grant writing to us is um, student, college, grants, all these things. It's like, oh, she's a grant writer? Like, can you write me a scholarship? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, or can you write so that I can start my business? So yeah. So that I can get some money? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so much more. It's so many, it's so many um, areas of grant writing that you taught me. I didn't see it anywhere else. And to know that, you know, you have housing, you have nonprofit organizations, you have these different, um, you know, places where people are working as grant writers. You never, I thought grants just came out of nowhere, really. (laughs) To be honest, I really thought the organizations just put out this grant that, you know, hopefully people will apply for it. But I I love it. what life lessons did it teach you aside from you know you being uh always on the move always on the go i know that's how you are 
So what other life lessons has this um, job? Um, how did it teach you? Like, what did it teach you? Well, um, I have learned a lot of like life lessons along the way, but I guess I probably will talk to you about two two most impactful one to me mm -hmm. probably not the most impactful but i guess what i'm thinking about right now so i remember um i did my associate's degree um in uh jacksonville florida at a historically black uh college so i was there and i was in english class and um so my instructor, she had us, she had a trilogy of books um, about angels battling demons, and we were supposed to write papers on, on these books. So it wasn't, um, I didn't really have anything, <laughs> any issues with the books necessarily. I read, it was a trilogy, so it was three books. I read the first one, I read the second one, and by then I was kind of bored with the storyline and the story, so I didn't want to read the third one. So I went to her and I said, can I choose my book? Can I choose a book and just write my paper off of that? So she said, yes. So I went to the library and I found this book um, by Eleanor Roosevelt. And I don't even know why I chose that book because this book was like probably 5,000 pages long. This book was dry, boring, but it was about Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, story. Eleanor Roosevelt is um, Franklin D. Uh, Franklin R. Roosevelt's uh, wife. Mm -hmm. He was one of the uh, presidents for the United States. So, and uh, this lady, she was, she was, um, uh, a woman rights leader and she was definitely a leader in her own right so she had a great story of her upbringing meeting her husband trying to blend and to coexist with him and his personality um so this book was dry but at the same time very insightful so i wrote my paper on this book so my teacher, she called me up and she's like, uh, you didn't write this paper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you wrote this paper. I said, I wrote the paper. She's like, no, not you, not you. She said, um, so she read, she went through the paper with me and she read a few lines that I had written. And she said, you don't even talk like this. You don't even talk like this. There's no way you can write this. So um, the funny thing was, I really didn't talk like that because back then, I was like fresh off the boat. <laughs> yeah. Fresh off the boat, Jamaica said, like, I remind Yemen, I saw Miriam Sarita. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Hatwa was rough. Because actually, um, I went um, right after migrating to the United States, I started going to college four months later. So this woman met me four months after being in the uh, the country. Mm -hmm. so my accent was, she probably couldn't understand half the things I was saying, but in her mind, she's like, I can't, what I see when I look at you is not what I'm reading. So there's no way you could write this. So me and her battled for a little bit. It even went to the school dean, principal, some things. And, um, so it went higher up but what i learned from that 
was I, I was thinking to myself assessing the situation one time and I was like why does she feel like I didn't write it I mean what about me that she thinks that paper couldn't come out of me well the issue was the paper was really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she's like oh the paper is too good for her so what I realized in that is when you know you have something like all of us have something all of us were gifted with so god sent us here with a gift that's unique to us and that gift that you have you should not waste any time trying to convince other people that you have that gift inside of you because let me tell you why you don't need to waste any energy on the other person that book was very hard to read. Like that book was dry, boring. I mean, I learned a lot about that lady's story, but it was not an easy feat. That book was up over like 2000 pages long and that paper was hard to write. So I don't have any time. My energy should not be spent trying to convince you. My energy should be in my work and my work speaks for itself. Like you weren't convinced that I wrote it, but I wrote it and I know that I wrote it. Right. When she, when she couldn't believe, I'm like, am I that good? Hold on. I'm <laughs> <special>. <laughs> because, um. you know, people always uh, talk poorly about bad teachers. She did something for me. Like she really boosted my um, self-esteem because she made me realize that I was so good, she couldn't even believe it. So, um, and, and some people will have a bad teacher and the teacher will say, you're not this, you're not that. And they internalize it and they believe it. Rather than like rising to the occasion and say, I'm gonna prove to you that I am something special. I am whatever. Or if the in, in my case, the teacher didn't believe, like, make sure that you are aware that this is inside of me this came from this is no mistake what they don't believe about me is true so um that that is a really really great lesson that she taught me was that don't waste any time with the unbelievers because the journey to do what you need to do is so hard writing that paper was really hard so the work is going to be hard. Put your energy in the work and present your work and let the work speak for itself. No, don't waste any time with the critics. Energy energy drainers, wasting your time and you're wasting your time there and not and not putting the time and energy in your craft. So that's one lesson, life lesson that I learned. Um, and almost to a fault because sometimes people will say, oh, I'm a little detached, I'm a little aloof, I'm a little this, whatever, but I'm so focused on making sure that I do what I am supposed to be doing. I don't have the time to convince you why I shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that because I'm already struggling to do it. So yeah. I don't take my energy off of that. Okay, so the next one is um, I had a client um, well, I didn't have a client, but I was uh, advertising. Um, and I learned advertising from my mother. <laughs> my mother was 
great, great, great advertiser, Tashika's grandmother. Yes. She had a, my mom always had a business and I didn't even know that I was learning anything. I didn't know at the time, but I think observing her um, uh, made me realize that I, I, observing her and the way I am today now made me realize that, oh, she was teaching me business um, skill sets and I didn't even know at the time. So my mom, she was always selling. <laughs> she was always selling something. Yeah. She was always advertising too and she always had a product. And I remember when she was working at the flea market and she would uh, cook food and take to the flea market. And so she would go to the flea market Saturday and Sunday and mom would leave out with the food Saturday, come back, nothing sell. You open the pot, hasn't been touched. I know. <laughs> so lady is back out there and like, where are you going? You're not defeated. So she, um, she basically taught me like, you have to be out there in the marketplace. Don't waste the time with the people who don't buy. Go back out there looking for the person that is buying. So I would always advertise, advertise. And um, I was writing brands. Um, I was writing brands. Uh, moonlighting at night because I had a full-time job but I was moonlighting at night but when I got married to Mike and Mike is in the military we got shipped to Hawaii so I had to give up my job and then I thought oh god I have to now I'm gonna just launch this business full-time and I would be advertising people would turn me down but back then when people rejection still hurts but back then it would really pierce me like when they said no to me it was like they were saying no to my innermost soul like it was so personal right and this man taught me a great lesson so he called me up uh he's an executive director for housing authority in new york um, his name is uh, Robert Landry, and I don't even know if he knows this story. He calls me up and he says, um, you know, you advertised to me three years ago, um, but I wasn't ready then, but now I'm ready to hire you. I'm like, I advertised to you three years ago? He's like, yeah, and now I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Were you constantly? Um, I was constantly okay. advertising. But <laughs> he remembered, he, the first time I contacted him was three years ago. He wanted to, but he wasn't ready for whatever reason. You'll reach out to an organization. They're not ready. They're probably a new, um, newly hired person. Right. They probably last lost some members of them, their team. They probably don't have funding. They probably don't have the time. They probably have personal issues they can't take. They don't have the mindset to do it. But the interest is there. So, um, what you need to do, which is what my mom told taught me, is that you need to be at the flea market with your food when they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. That's when you're there. So when they pass you back and forward Saturday and Sunday and they don't buy, they see you. They're just not ready to buy yet. But 
when, because you're constantly there, when they're hungry, they're gonna come to you because they know that lady's there with her pot of food every Saturday, every Sunday. So now that my belly is grumbling, I need some food, I need to go over there. So that's what that taught me was when he said um, three years ago, I kept in his face. I would constantly uh, advertise to him year after year after year after year. This is available. Do you want it? This is avail This money is available. Are you going to apply? This money is available and you're eligible for it. Give it a chance. And I just kept at him. Three years later, he um, called me up. That blew my mind because I took these rejections so personal that he had other issues why he didn't hire me. It had nothing to do with me. It was, and, and maybe it will have something to do with you, but that's not even the point because the ones who don't like you um, isn't even your issue because the one who do like you, they passed other people that they didn't like to get to you. So everybody will get their share. Just make sure that you get the share that you want and work for it. So um, that life lesson was just that. Don't waste any time on the rejections. You're going to re get rejected. That's <laughs> you're going to get rejected there is no doubt about it right do right. is stay consistent stay persistent stay visible so that they can see you so that when they are ready they know where to find you put out your podcast every whenever you have decided based on your plans that you need to put out your podcast so that they know that this podcast is coming out and this is a way for me to get educated, get insight, get information. Um, and so they know it's there and you should always have it there. Don't have them want something, want to listen to a podcast and you didn't do it that week and you don't have any podcasts to give them. You have to have, you have to be in the flea market every Saturday, every Sunday when it's open so that when they're hungry, they know to come to you for food. That's so sweet, uh, You are always sharing such a, um, such a positive light when it comes on to feeling like you, feeling like you're not seen enough when you have your business, when you're doing your work, you know what I mean? When you're, uh -huh. going, when you're doing your homework, you feel like your parents aren't seeing you enough, but you're always gonna have one person that sees you. Uh -huh. That reminds you that, hey, you know, you're doing good. Keep on doing it. And you've always been that person to remind uh -huh. me and remind others that I see you doing your stuff. Just keep on doing it. Uh -huh. Because if you stop, then that's where you feel like you failed yourself. Yeah, very, very true. And sometimes when the person isn't seeing you, they're not seeing you because they're, they're seeing, they're looking at something <laughs> they're not seeing you because uh, they're looking at something in that moment. Not that you're not important. I remember I had a friend and um, she called me and uh, I didn't, I, I knew she called me. I saw the missed call, but I didn't call her back. So I think not, I didn't call her back immediately. I probably called her back a few days later. So um, when I called her back a few days later, she said, I was calling you like she was saying, I called you four days ago or five days ago, whatever. I said, yeah, I know. 
um, I was doing something. <laughs> I think I was floating on a cloud. <laughs> if, if you don't see me I'm working, I'm working out, I'm uh, washing dishes, I'm uh, taking my car. Like, there's things that I have to do. You're important to me, but believe me, I am doing other things. So. Not to say if it's not an emergency or something like that. If it's an emergency, leave a message that's in an emergency. Send a text, this is an emergency. But if it's a call to chit chat and whatever, I am doing something. So <clears throat> don't put that pressure, people shouldn't put a pressure on the relationship that the person has to be a certain way um, for you. And um, my my nephew Andre taught me that lesson because as you know our nephew your cousin he's autistic mm -hmm. and um he will well the way it is now waste a medicine is now he will not be something that he will not be able to function the way uh, like a normal person would be able to function. He won't be independent as of now. If science change, if med medicine change, definitely he will be able to be independent, but he will not be independent right now. He will always be in uh, dependent as of right now. Yeah. But, um, I was thinking to myself about him, um, assessing him one time and I, I thought to myself, um, when, when we have people in our lives and we're making demands on them, we don't realize that they're limited in their own way. They probably don't have a huge disability that you can recognize called autism, but they have a disability. They, they also have patience issues or time management issues or anger management issues or issues with whatever they're battling or trying to overcome. Don't make that demand on them. That it would be like making a demand on Andre that in, instead of being autistic and being dependent on me all the time, be independent. How are you going to come to me to say, I should tell you a joke? I'm not a funny person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, how are you gonna come to me and say these things that are not innate to my personality and the way I was made? Don't make that demand on, on people. Help them to be the fullest version of themselves. Don't make that demand on them because you wouldn't like for them to make these demands on you that are outside of your um, way of being. So when the person isn't seeing you in that moment, if you desperately need their attention, obviously you can let them know. But if you just need to be noticed, they may be in their world because they're battling depression, they're, trying, they're battling an illness, they're battling some insecurities, they're battling some issues at work, some issues with just their living life too. Yeah. You know? broken planet that we're on nothing is working right here nothing so um if 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 you have somebody that you need more from i mean literally the fact that you even have somebody you're <laughs> you're probably already winning oh <laughs> yeah
Well, Auntie Sarita, I know that this is honestly like the one of the best topics I could ask for, especially from you. Um, I do have to cut this a little bit short because one, um, we have some meetings to attend to. Um, and two, I would love to make this a part two, a uh, two part special. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a surprise. <laughs> it's a surprise <laughs> because I don't want to cut this 10th episode short and we have so so many other things to talk about so many other things i know my listeners are going to want to hear from you um so you know i cannot um, wait for that i would be honored to be on a part two you know um I, i'm a definitely a fan of yours you're the first grand in the family and the first for all of us and you have not disappointed you have been, you have such a gentle spirit, such a kind heart. I mean, the qualities that you possess, I and their natural qualities, I wish I had those naturally. Like, just your depth of, um, you have a very gentle way about you. Me, I'm more like, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is gonna be in my way. I'm gonna roll over you. I'm gonna, because I am so like, um, I am very uh, goal oriented, mm -hmm. you know, focused. I was, um, you said you, you had to cut it short. I was talking to my husband the other day and I was complimenting him about how easygoing he is. Yes. He's, he plays in this island game. Um, he goes and trains for island games. He does all the activities. And I said, my personality will, could not work like that. I could not go every weekend to train on the activities. Me, how I would think is, I have a championship or I have an island game competition yeah. and I am going and doing these activities every weekend to win at that competition. But, but the way he, the way he is made, I am in such admiration of this guy, the way he's made, he does things for the joy of doing them. I don't do things for the joy of doing them. There must be a goal at the end. And I think that's why grant writing works for me very well is it has a deadline. It, it, it just doesn't go on and on and on and on. I get tired like I need to be, I need to know where the end is so we can be finished. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, but I admire that in you, you have such a great gentle spirit, very loving, very affectionate, a very complimentary on <laughs> your um, podcast, wanting to put value into the world to offer regular people's um, perspective on the world. Um, that's that's a great, great quality. Uh, I think it's going to be a success. Keep on doing it. All you have to do is just be there and it will resonate with the people who it needs to resonate and you will bring value to the people who you need to bring value to and it will be a success in that way all you need to do is just keep on doing it so please don't stop i will try not to not for i'm i'm, I'm trying my best um and i'm so i'm so so grateful and so happy to have you on here and i hope that you can be a reoccurring guest for me because i would love 
Reoccurring? You said part two, now it's reoccurring? No, I'm speaking for the future. <laughs> so I cannot wait. Um, please uh, tell the listeners where they should find you and... and well, if you're a housing authority, if you're a tribe, <clears throat> um, federally recognized Indian tribe, if you're a city, please contact Sarita at comprehensivegrants.com to find out what type of grant um, applications are, what type of grant funding are available for you. Because there's tons of money out there for you to operate your agency, get money, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to do the things that you need to do. And maybe you're not aware of it. So contact Sarita, uh, C-E-R-E-T-A, at comprehensivegrants.com. Thank you, Tisha. Of course, Anta Senorita. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. There will be a part two. I will not uh fake it um there will be a part two and thank you so much again and sisterita for being on here tell fee i said hi tell uncle mike i said hello and i love you guys very much (laughs) all right bye bye